Mac Folklore Radio, read by Derek. A rare treat, a new story at folklore.org, July 2021. Folklore.org by Andy Hertzfeld. What hath was wrought? In the summer of 1979, I abandoned grad school to start working at Apple Computer as a systems programmer. I was already thoroughly obsessed with their main product, the Apple II, so it was a dream come true to become an Apple employee and meet the amazing people behind the company. I became even more excited when I found out about the first project that I was slated to work on, an inexpensive little graphical printer. Most printers were large, loud, and expensive. Printing by impacting an inky ribbon. Apple collaborated with a small local startup named Trendcom that had a different approach, relying on coated thermal paper that darkened when heat was applied. The printhead was a column of seven tiny thermal elements that became hot when enabled. It was almost silent as it glided across the page. printing up to 80 characters per line at 40 characters per second. Trendcom controlled their printer with a relatively expensive digital board that included a microprocessor and memory chips. Apple planned to buy printer mechanisms from Trendcom bereft of the board, saving almost a third of the total cost of the printer. Instead, we plan to use software on the Apple II to do most of the controlling. My job was to write that software. I was pleased by the similarities between the printer project and Apple's floppy drive, an awesome design that was peak Woz, his crowning glory. Woz had taken a standard Shugart floppy drive and discarded most of its pricey controller board, using the Apple II to do the work instead, which saved cost while increasing capacity, flexibility, and performance. We were going to do essentially the same thing with the Trendcom printer, only this time, I got to be Woz, or at least the software side of him. The only other engineer on the project was Victor Bull, who was the hardware designer and project leader. Vic, who was smart, with a dry sense of humor and a soft-spoken, laconic manner, sat down with me on my second day of work and introduced me to the details of my new project. The printer software that I was to write would live on a 2-kilobyte ROM chip on the interface board that Vic was designing. It needed to provide an easy way for the user to print the contents of their graphics screen and also to print 80 columns per line of text from both BASIC and PASCAL. It also needed to be finished within a couple of months so we could ship it in time for Christmas 1979, now less than five months away. It took about a week to write the low-level routines that managed the position and temperature of the thermal elements and paper. We decided that sending a control cue to the printer should print whatever was displayed on the Apple II's 280 by 192 graphics screen. After some coding and debugging, it was thrilling to watch the embryonic prototype print a sharp, clear rendition of the current high-res screen. Finally, we were ready to try to print some text, 
which was harder than graphics since you had to worry about character generation and layout. I started considering what the silent type's initial utterance should be. Being a programmer, the first thing I thought of was, Hello, world! But I knew we could probably do better than that, so I started asking around for suggestions. Someone mentioned that the first message ever sent electronically, tapped out in Morse code by Samuel Morse himself on May 24, 1844, was a Bible quote. What hath God wrought? In homage to both Samuel Morse and Steve Wozniak, we decided that the first official text printed by the silent type should be What hath was wrought? I wrote an integer basic program to print it out about 20 times, and I saved the printout for years, but unfortunately lost it at some point after it had mostly faded out anyway. I occasionally thought about what Apple was going to call their new printer, but never heard any discussion about it. I was afraid they would call it something generic, like Apple Thermal Printer, so I was pleased when George Johnson, the marketing person assigned to the project, stopped by and told me they had decided to name it the Apple Silent Type. As a lifelong punster, I thought that was a nice name, even if it wasn't a reference to the fifth verse of Tangled Up in Blue as I'd hoped. Vic was worried about the possibility of the software crashing while it was printing. It was possible for a thermal element to be inadvertently left on indefinitely, which could potentially ruin the thermal elements or even cause a fire. Vic solved the problem by adding a bit of hardware to cut current to the printing elements if they were left on for more than 10 milliseconds. He asked me to write a test to verify that his precaution was working as intended. I wrote code to intentionally leave each thermal element on to verify that Vic's safety measure was effective. I was pleased to see that it worked perfectly, but also a little disappointed to miss more exciting behavior if it hadn't. I thought of something else to try. What if I left an element on for 9.9 .9 milliseconds before turning it off for only 30 microseconds, then turning it back on again? The printing elements would effectively be on for more than 99% of the time while sidestepping Vic's remedy. I couldn't resist coding it up to see what would happen. I started up the modified test and nervously awaited the results. At first, nothing seemed to happen, except for a low-volume humming sound emanating from the printer. Suddenly, the paper started turning a deep, inky black spreading out from the printhead organically, almost like a liquid, darker than I had ever seen before. I started smelling an acrid odor and noticed there were opened flames near the printhead beginning to spread. I quickly reset the apple too as I smothered the fire with my jacket. The foul smell drew a small crowd, but mercifully no fire alarm. Unfortunately, the experiment seemed to permanently damage the printhead. It burned out, or possibly melted, some of the thermal elements. The printer could no longer print text or graphics. But it was still able to set paper on fire, so I kept it around for the occasional incendiary demo. I finished the silent type firmware around mid-September, which was theoretically early enough to meet our goal of a Christmas 1979 release. But Trendcom had a series of production issues that delayed shipments in any significant volume until early 1980. 
It sold pretty well for a while as the official printer for the Apple II before it was replaced by the ImageWriter dot matrix printer around the end of 1983. Andy Hertzfeld speaking at the Mac OS X conference 2004. My first job at Apple was to work on a thermal printer called the Silent Type printer, and I was delighted to be able to work on that because it, in many ways, it did to printers what Apple did to the disk drive. The disk drive was sort of Steve Wozniak's crowning achievement. They took a standard disk drive called the Shugert 400 and ripped out its controller board. Usually the disk drive would need a controller board with two dozen chips or so on it. But Apple very cleverly saved money by not having the controller board in the disk drive, but instead putting all the logic and software on the Apple II getting better performance, more capacity, as well as cutting down the price by a third. So Apple wanted to do the same thing with a small, low-cost thermal printer, removing the microprocessor-based controller board in the printer from a manufactured by a small company named Trendcom, and instead putting all that logic in the Apple II. And it was my job to write the, the firmware uh, for the printer that made it print. Since it was a thermal printer, uh, there were seven uh, dot rest or seven little heating elements uh, on the printer and some stepper motors where you'd have to give it uh, signals to step uh, the printhead across the page. Vic Bull was the name of the engineer who designed the hardware. And the, my first day there, he explained the hardware to me and how uh, you'd have to burn the dots by, you know, if you turned on a bit, it would flow heat to the little printing element. Uh, but then you'd have to time it very precisely uh, to get the pixel to be sharp. Uh, but he told me that there would be a danger of if your software hung, the printer could be left on and it could possibly start a fire. Uh, but so he, he designed a special little circuit. He added a 555 timer to the circuit to make sure that uh, the printer element could not be left on more than four milliseconds. If you left it on more than four milliseconds, the timer would cut in and it would turn it off. So immediately, as soon as he told that to me, I was thinking, hmm, I wonder what would happen if you left it on for 3.9 milliseconds and turned it off for a microsecond. Uh, and so I had to write a little bit of code, code like that. And sure enough, uh, you were able to make the paper catch fire. <laughs> and so anyway, that was, that was a, a hot program. I'll skip the rest of the Apple II ones. 